What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome back to Summer Breakfast. You're with Michael Carianis and James Magnuson. Still to come on today's show, Nathan Highmarsh and the chairman of the Bears. We've got him on the line, MC. That chat was so popular before. So much feedback on the text line. We've made some calls and he's coming on to mm, chat all things Bears. an interesting conversation regarding the Bears and expansion in the NRL. So we'll get a bit more details later this hour. Uh, all right. Tottenham. Too old. They've fallen out of the top four. Ange Postacoglu is under a little bit of pressure now, probably for the first time during his tenure. Let's have a listen to what Ange had to say after that match. It's obviously a difficult place to, to sort of try and come and play and, and, and dominate. Um, and... For the most part, I thought we handled it okay. Uh, first half, uh, started the game really well. Um, lost a bit of our sort of composure just <coughs> to keep the ball a bit better in that first half. Uh, second half, I thought was okay. Uh, created some good chances. Probably needed a third just to sort of kill the game off because you know what's going to happen in the last sort of 10 minutes. Uh, um, and, yeah, really disappointing, obviously, to, to then concede so late. <laughs> You can hear in his voice there, uh, less of a spring in the step than when he started. It's very much Ricky Stewart areas in the, in the, in the uh, you know what, it's very, it sounded very much like a Ricky Stewart press conference. It's huge pressure, the EPL, mm. huge pressure, crazy. At the start of the year, if you had to say to me that Tottenham would be fighting for the top four, I would have almost said overachieving to get top four. Yeah, and and as you mentioned just before that, uh, we heard from the order. It's probably the first time he's been under the pump in terms of results since he got over there. Yeah, uh, and it was a honeymoon. Harry Kane. Yeah, it was a honeymoon period um, initially. So this is where we get to see what um, what Big Ange is made of. Mm. Uh, other matches in soccer. Now this was over the weekend, the Asian Cup quarterfinals. They're leading one nil, uh, and then Australia they lose two one to South Korea. It's actually one of Andrew's players that sunk the ship. Uh, let's listen to what Graham Arnold had to say. Quite devastating at the moment, quite emotional for all the players and, and staff and how it finished the game. You know, I think uh, for the first 90-odd 90, 90 minutes, we, were, we did very, very well until, uh, you know, obviously giving that penalty away with a minute to go, a minute and a half to go, and uh, it was going well until, obviously, the penalty. But um, it's hard to, at the moment, emotionally to to you know, give too much information. I've learned a lot from this uh, Asian Cup. Somber all around in the soccer world. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, but that doesn't have any implications on the, the World Cup for us or the Olympics or anything like that. So the Asian teams have been allocated eight spots yeah. at the upcoming World Cup. Should be so sweet. we pissed that in. Like yeah, eight spots. Yeah. Who, who's going to overtake us? Was it Qatar, Saudi Arabia? Like, come on, eight spots. We're good. We're good. Uh, cricket overnight as well. Australia wins that one-day international against the West Indies. Uh, the match pretty much turned around by Sean Abbott. He played a starring role, scoring 69 off 63. 
However, he didn't get the century. You know why he didn't get the century? Okay. Because of this. Might have underclubbed here. 251. Yeah. 275 on target here and maybe a little Sean Abbott 100. Oh. Big call. Big call. <laughs> he's 69 at the moment. Third ball. Oh, he's chopped it straight onto his stumps. <laughs> Abbott goes. Doesn't get any better than that. The commentator's curse is alive uh, and well. It's quite amusing. Socky. Come on, Socky. You know what that does. Uh, an unlucky spectator in the members' stand copped a ball straight to the face during Sean Abbott's innings. Uh, Abbott hit a six. Hands went up, straight through the hands, straight into the face, smashed the glasses, split him. The Australian Cricket uh, Association has said they did stitch him up, uh, but he was filthy about dropping the ball. You know why? He's a top catch taker in his local cricket league. Is he? He is. Very disappointing. So we've been asking listeners this morning, 0457 736 736, have you ever, A, taken a catch in the stand, B, been hit in the face in the stand, or C, been around an incident, whether it be rugby league, cricket, baseball, soccer. You see some great soccer ones where they take a a place kick, whether it be inside the box or outside the box, and miss the goals Mm. and fans behind the goalposts aren't watching. They get Um, whacked. Very funny stuff. Very funny (laughs) stuff. Hey, uh, all right, you're doing some NRL players under pressure. Yeah, we've only got a couple of... Who have we done Cubs. so far? Well, I'll tell you who we've got left. Well, right. So we've got we've only got Tigers, Broncos, and South are the only clubs remaining. So we, we might do a recap tomorrow um, or, of, all all of, of all the players, um, considering we've only got South Sydney left. So today we're going to do – we'll start with the Broncos. And um, what a year last year for, for Brisbane. I don't think anyone had them finishing in the grand final. And they should have won the premiership if it wasn't for – the Nathan Cleary masterclass, but how do um, you find a player under pressure there? Um, oh, you, you can, you, there's a few because there's a few big names, right? You've got Ken Reese Walsh and Ezra Mann back it up, back up what, what yep. they've been able to do, Payne Haas and Pat Carrigan, you know, some some of those big guys. But I'm going for Brendan Piakura, who's been among the next big things over the last couple of years, was highly yes. in demand. Basically, every club wanted to sign him a few years back. Your Bulldogs went in very, very, very hard. I thought we had him. Yeah. Well, they thought they had him too and ended up staying. And we saw last year glimpses of that potential and, and finally <laughs> a, a run of consistent form. But now with Kurt Capewell leaving the Broncos, I think you'll find Piakura will start in the back row. Then you've got a, a back row of Jordan Rinky and Brendan Piakura, two young players who have got so much upside and, and so much potential. Um, we've seen Jordan Ricky be able to do it for a sustained period. Yep. Now it's it's Brendan's turn. This is his opportunity now. This is the the amount of money and time that the Broncos have have invested him over the last couple of years is for this moment. Yeah. So that that's why I'm I'm choosing him. There's no doubt he's got so much talent, a, a ridiculous amount of talent, a guy that can really bend the line and and, and make an impact. But um, you know, there's still question marks whether he can do it for a season long. Can he play 80 minutes? Can he pump out 80 minutes regularly? And be a, a real compliment to that Broncos forward pack, who's still arguably one of the best in the competitions, despite Flegler leaving, um, Palacia leaving, and um, uh, obviously Capewell as well. So, what sort of back rower is Brendan Piercora? Because I, I was leaning towards, I would have picked him over Kurt Capewell mm. last year. I thought he was a bit more of an attacking weapon. Capewell used as more of a defensive back rower. Often teams will have one defensive, one attacking. Yeah. 
you look at a club like Penrith always had kick out on one side, then someone who would hold down the mm. defence on the other. What sort of back rower is Piakura? Well, he's way more dynamic than Capewell. Um, yep. And you mentioned Capewell was brought to do a job in terms of leadership when he got there. The you know there were serious question marks over the senior players at the Broncos. Well, did they have any senior players? Right, because you know they were, they were a rabble on and off the field for mm. a, a bit of a bit of time there. So Capewell was brought in to do a job to be that statesman and, and really guide these young players. And I think um, his job's done. I, I've got no issue with him leaving the, the Broncos yeah, yeah, because yeah. of the upside of blokes like Peter Cora. And for Brisbane to challenge Penrith again and, and, and to be um, on the cusp of the top four, which they sh- they potentially should be with, with the lineup they've got, it's these young guys now not being young guys. It's these young guys now yep. trying to be established first graders and, and stepping up. We mentioned Man and Walsh. How, how good were their years last year, right? But they need to do it again. Uh, I was uh, jury out on Jordan Ricky until last year. Yeah. I thought he was very hot and cold early in his career, but that was quite a consistent year. He's a good him. player. I good think player, he's a good yeah. player. And having got a little bit of the rubbish out of his game as well. He had a bit of niggle, a bit of lair in him. Yeah. Uh, I thought he had an awesome season. Yeah. And you, and you look at that, the age of that Broncos forward pack, uh, aside from probably Billy Walters, they're all young. They are. They all. They all have at who, least. Who five. replaces Flegler as starting front rower? Yeah, maybe uh, Fletcher Baker potentially. Fletcher Baker, because uh, Corey he, Jensen was playing. Yeah, he's played. Uh, he, he, he's played a, a fair few minutes. They've got there, Marty so. to power still. They had that young, really tall front rower, Will someone or someone Wilson Willison. Oh yeah, Xavier Willison. They've got Xavier huge Wilson. raps on Xavier Willison. I thought They've he got was a huge great raps player. on him. Yeah, great yeah. player. So he's another young guy that. Um, you know, will come into the squad. Whether he's ready to start week in, week out yet as well, yeah. I'm not sure. But he's definitely a chance yep. of, of starting round one. So you look at that that age of that four pack. Gun. And gun, young, dynamic. All of them. I think they're my pick to win the comp. Yeah. I'm not going to commit to anything yet. I have to <laughs> s- let's see a few trials, but I think they're my pick. Hey, uh, other club play under pressure. West we Tigers. Going? I'm going Jaden Sullivan at the West Tigers. Jaden Sullivan. Yeah. He, he's come, um, you know... Uh, a child prodigy, Is this a really. disgruntled Dragons fan no, here? No, no, not okay. at all. No, no. He came through Unbiased. the grades as, uh, you know, one of these players that were destined to be a long-term yep. first grade, along with Junior Ramon. Those two dominated at the junior level for Illawarra. Yep. Um, and we're always going to be, we'll always pin the Dragons and pin their hopes that both of them were going to be 10-year long players. Neither of them are there now for different reasons. Jaden Sullivan joins the West Tigers off the back of um, a run of hamstring injuries. Um, and you know, you speak to people at the dragons and you know, it was a lack of dedication and commitment to his training at times, um, uh, which may have contributed mm-hmm. to, to those injuries and not, you know, becoming the elite professional that he needed to be. Um, the West Tigers have invested heavily in him four year deal worth half a million dollars. The dragons aren't chipping in a dollar for his contract this okay. year. Um, and the shadow of Jerome Luai looms. Um, at the West Tigers in heading into 2025. So the race is on now to partner Jerome <laughs> Luai long-term. Jaden Sullivan will get, I don't know if he gets first crack. They've got Aiden Caesar still floating around there and young Farnu, you know, so they'll all play first grade at some stage this year. But for mine, Jaden Sullivan's not at the crossroads yet, but he's getting to that point now where he's yet to How show. How old would he be? 22? Yeah, around that age, I'd say, you know, 23. Yeah. Um, he, he's at that point now where he didn't show that he was 
ready to be a consistent first grader at the Dragons. And yeah. Shane Flanagan was content to, to let him go when he, when he first got there. He'll get an opportunity at the West Tigers, whether it's in round one or not. I think trial form and the like will dictate that. But he'll have a chance. And he has to show that he can be, you know, a long-term halves option for Jerome Luai. Coming through, he played mostly seven, right? This year, I guess he'd be vying for that six position because Aiden Caesar will play I don't seven. think Caesar's a walk-up start either. You don't think so? I don't know. Like, ideally, if you're the West Tigers and you're the Benji Marsh and you see enough in Farnu and Sullivan to start, I'd be excited by that. Mm. And, and I think that would be a good... Farnu is a seven as well? Well, they can play seven-six. Yeah, right. So Sullivan but, but can play just seven. just for argument's sake, they've got three sevens got there right now. And there's a definite six coming next year. I, I think Jerome so regardless will play seven of, there. You think he'll play seven? Yeah. It doesn't matter. It's all semantics, right? Okay. Okay. Um, but no, so there, there is a race. You know, Caesar's not a long-term option. We know that. He's a stopgap no. solution. He's there to take – he was assigned to take some pressure off those young guys because they were the only halves that they had there at that stage. So yeah. he probably will start the season, I guess, Aiden Caesar, but – uh, you know, if the West Tigers are having success and their halves are Sullivan and Farnu, that's exciting for the West Tigers. It is. It is. But then still one of those misses out the following year. Yeah. So regardless of what happens this season at the West Tigers, you're going to have at least one disgruntled half on solid money. On good money, right? But if if they're playing well, um, they're sellable. Okay. So that's the plan then. Well, they'll have to sell one of them. Yeah, because neither of them are really a utility option either. Because we've seen Jaden Sullivan yeah. play a little bit of hooker, but it doesn't work. No, no. It doesn't work. The, the only way that they end up keeping all three of them in 2025 with Jerome Luai, I mean, and, and Sullivan and Farnu is if the fact they think that Farnu's still 12 months away from being a, a regular first grade and they feel like yep. Jaden can do a job there. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I think at some stage, one of them will be squeezed out. And then you look at player swaps. What other positions do the West Tigers need? That they're in a good, they're in the box seat. Then, if you've got a good quality first grade half, which is so yep. so rare this day and age, as long as they're playing up to that ability, otherwise they're going to have to carry half a million dollars in their cap for a guy that's playing reserve grade and unsellable or not sellable at that price. So it's a risk as as well to to ensure. And I think giving them every opportunity to show that they're first graders not only may help the West Tigers, but it may help the ability to to sell them at some point. Hey, quickly, I'm sure you would have spoken about this last week, but Greg Inglis walking into the West Tigers last week, mentoring Dream Buller, huge for them, right? Yeah, great. It's it's awesome to have someone like Greg Inglis still connected to, to the game, and it's a bits role. It's a you know, yeah. it's a spare part role. Yeah. You know, it's a pick up the phone, maybe do a lot of um, one on one stuff with him in terms of positional play and the like. But to have uh, Greg available to someone like Dream, that's huge for for the West Tigers, and Dream has showed. You know, there hasn't been a lot of upside at the West Tigers over the last couple of years. You see Dream Buller play and you go, wow, mm. they found their fullback. I thought it was pretty funny how English was in full West Tigers <laughs> kit, head to toe. Yeah. Is that a prerequisite if you're going to do anything at the club? Full kit, head to toe? It must be. <laughs> what do you reckon English does with that kit then? Just wear it around the house. Like he'd have so much kit at home. He'd have <laughs> Australian kit. Queensland kit, yeah. Melbourne kit, New South, South oh, Sydney wait, wait. kit, uh, yeah. should have New South <laughs> Wales kit to go with his Bowerville kit from when he was a kid. But uh, yeah, now he'll add full West Tigers kit mm. to that as well. Uh, text us in 0457 736 736 during the show. That's the Edgewater Homes text line. Edgewater Homes mortgage fund. Get up to $1,500 a month off your home loan. 
T's and C's. Apply that text number 0457736736. We're also here for Bryden's Lawyers. Unable to work due to injury or illness, contact Bryden's Lawyers. In a moment, Nick Ashman from Sportsbet. He's going to chat a bit of married at first sight. Stay with us. Make it look easy with Sportsbet. Chances are you're about to lose. Nick Ashman from Sportbet, welcome back to Summer Breakfast. G'day, boys. Uh, hello, Miss Ol. How was your uh, How was your break? I haven't spoken to you yet in 2024. Yeah, my break was good. Spent some time in Port Macquarie. Spent some time down there in Lawn, in, in Victoria. So really enjoyed myself. Hey, uh, Premiership markets. Can we start with uh, EPL? He's gone. What's your APL tip? My APL tip, Liverpool all the way. I'm a big Liverpool fan. They're leading at the moment. People still saying that Manchester City are going to run them down. But this is now the farewell tour for Jurgen Klopp. So my tip's Liverpool, although I don't think they're betting favourites. Nick, welcome back. Uh, Liverpool, What's <laughs> what are they paying to win the APL? Yeah, 325. We spoke about Hell it. Yeah. The lead on February 1. 25 of the last 27 leaders on February 1 of the EPL ladder have gone on to win the Premiership. So if you like uh, Liverpool, 325, uh, get around them. Who are the uh, favourites? Man City looking okay recently. Well, Man City, $1.67. But I don't know about you, but I, you know, they're going okay, but they're not going as good as we've seen in the past, I would have thought. I was just saying, Nick, this is the Jurgen Klopp farewell tour now. They have huge motivation mm. to win it for him. I'm all on board, Liverpool. Uh, what about the premiership market over in the NFL? So the 49ers and Kansas City Chiefs going head-to-head. This is going to be a little bit of a warm-up game for the round one rugby league over in Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> what are the markets saying? <laughs> I love where you're going with that one. Uh, uh, the 49ers uh, probably been more dominant throughout the season than the Chiefs. So they're seventy-seven versus the Chiefs, but... A lot of good judges say to win the Super Bowl on the day itself, you need the star quarterback. And Patrick Mahomes is definitely the star with all due respect. So uh, there's not a lot between them. 210 for the Chiefs if you are in uh, a Mahomes or if you are a Mahomes fan. But the 49ers are $1.77. The Lions are just one and a half points, boys. So it's expected to be a really tight game next Monday. But when I talk to you next Monday morning, we'll go through some more markets then. But they're looking pretty good. And then in the NRL, you just spoke about it. It is the warm-up game, of course. Manly versus South, uh, round one over there, or the first game of the season in Las Vegas. Panthers expected to do it again, according to the market, at 375 for 2024. Broncos at 435. Then you're out to Storm and the Bunnies at nine apiece. So Roosters at 950. A bit of a gap to the Cowboys at 15 dollars. Sharkies on their own at 21 bucks. Warriors, $23. They played some good footy towards the back end of last year. They share that line with the Eagles. Then you've got the Eagles and the Knights locked at $26. I thought the Knights started to look good towards the back end of the season as well. And the rank outsiders locked at 101 apiece, and I reckon that's unders, Dragons, and you named it, the Tigers. <laughs> We've got some Tigers fans on here. They'll be very unhappy to hear about that, Nick. Uh, all right. Married at first sight. This is a bit of my guilty pleasure. I'm going to own up to this over yeah. the summer months. Yeah. Big married at first sight guy. Big married at first sight yeah. guy. Now, we have markets on this, which are couples mm. uh, or how many couples over or unders to stay together. Yeah, it's a good one. And I'm, I, I put my hand up. My wife and I don't, don't mind uh, sitting down and, and watching it on a Sunday. And we've got the dinner party tonight. Dinner party tonight. Yeah, that's night, the best episode. That's where the drama comes. Um, 
You know what the favourite is, and normally it's only one to two couples to remain together, so I thought I'd point this out for those that don't mind uh, a bit of trash television. Three to four couples to remain together, $1.72 favourite. You can get $3.50, second favourite, five to six couples to remain nah. together. So that can't happen. We no. all know what happens. They, they're painting a rosy picture now, but we know what happens. It's married at first sight, divorced at first fight. We all know the, how the recipe goes. <laughs> I'm going to have a... I'm having a snip at the one to two couples to remain together at 375, and I'm just going to be cheering fights throughout this whole uh, series. <laughs> That's and the market if, if, really, if you're really dark, you're really not cheering for anything. You just want complete disaster. No couples to remain together, $11. So uh, there's something there for the pessimistic viewers. There you go. All right, thanks for joining us, Nick. Good on you, boys. Make it look easy with Sportsbet. Chances are you're about to lose. For free and confidential support, visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. Thanks, Vanessa. Breakfast powered by Kubota. For over 40 years, we've been making tomorrow matter, shaping and building Australia together. If you're just waking up, here is some of what's making news. Peter Volandis, our Lord and Saviour, has told Phil (laughs) Rothfield in today's Telegraph that he wants to see North Sydney Bears as part of a future expansion team. We'll discuss more about this later in the show because we've got the chairman of the Bears Mm. coming on. Must be a slow news day if we're talking North Sydney Bears. I'm so over them. But well, you could just bring that up to the chair later. <laughs> well, I'm interested in that. It, will it work outside of North Sydney? You tend to think yes. We've got a lot of people on the text line, 0457736736, saying that they would support the Bears if they came back and they wouldn't support rugby league anymore if their club was kicked out. Of the yeah, club. it is an interesting thing, a discussion that we'll have. And I think a lot of people would be lost to the game and it's not as easy to transition to a, another club if your side's booted out of the competition where you, you're just straight on the Dolphins bandwagon. I'd just go on the newest club because I'd, I'd have to Might be the, the Bears. <laughs> the Bulldogs <laughs> will never get kicked out of the comp, ever. We're a juggernaut. You I were. I telling myself that. Once. Australia has defeated the West Indies in the second ODI at the Sydney Cricket Ground. Sean Abbott propelled the Aussies to a total of nine for 258. More interestingly in that match, Spectator hit square mm. in the face, through the hands, into the glasses, smashed the glasses, split him. Cricket Australia did fix him up. They stitched him up. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, very embarrassing for that individual. And he was also <laughs> disappointed because he's the top catch taker in his local cricket con. Speaking of catches, Cam Green took an absolute ripper yesterday as well. It's Apparently he's got massive hands, Cam yeah, Green. What they say about big hands, big gloves. Uh, the football desk this morning in the EPL... Arsenal defeated Liverpool 3-1. Well, maybe that's part of the reason that Nick Ashman just gave us that update on Liverpool. 3.25 to win, even though they're leading. Uh, Manchester United has defeated West Ham 3-0. The Wolves have defeated Chelsea 4-2. Bit of a boil over. And Bournemouth and Nottingham Forest have drawn 1-1. Do you have an EPL side? Uh, I'm sure I've asked you this, but... Well, I don't really, but I just say Newcastle. Why? Because uh, I was on the summer show with... Jimmy last year and I just had to pick a team and that was the first one that came to my head. Newcastle. Maybe they'll play in or something. I don't know the reason. So I don't like, go for You it. like that Saudi money? Yeah. yeah. Cash money. Uh, in the A-League, the Matildas star Courtney Vine has played a crucial role in her side's 3-1 defeat of Perth Glory to keep the Sky Blues within reach of the minor premiership and another finals berth. First time I've ever seen a Courtney spelt C-O-R-T-N-E-E. Is that a blooper from Chuck or is that Really how Courtney spelt. There you go. Shout out to Courtney's parents. You've spelled it wrong.
In the men's A-League, uh, MacArthur defeated the Western Sydney Wanderers 4-3. And Sydney FC had a 2-2 draw with last place Western United. Hey, 0457736736 is our text line. If you have a daughter, sister, mother, auntie, grandma, Courtney, spelled C-O-R-T-N-E-E, text us in. Or other weird spellings. What's There's always good spellings in rugby league. What about Jai Richardson, which is... J H Y E. Don't know yeah. how they came up with yeah. that. Maybe dyslexic parents. Not sure. Uh, we're here for Bryden's Lawyers. I'm unable to work due to injury or illness. Contact Bryden's Lawyers. Uh, stay with us in just a moment. We'll take a closer look at the North Sydney Bears. News this morning that PVL wants the Bears back in the NRL. Welcome back to Summer Breakfast with Michael Karianis and James Magnuson. A reminder that Vossie and Brandy return to breakfast next Monday. They're powered by Kubota for over 40 years. We've been making Tomorrow Matter, shaping and building Australia together. Now, expansion in the NRL MC is Mm. an ongoing talk topic. As we look to get towards eventually, I think PVL floated 20 teams. 20 teams by 2030, maybe. Yeah, 20 teams by 2030. It's got a ring to it. Yeah. Uh, now, over the weekend, big story, the North Sydney Bears, they're back in the headlines because of PVL. Let's listen to this audio. Everywhere I go, that's the question I get, when are you bringing back the Bears? I never realised they had so many people. Tens of thousands. Uh, there, there, no, there's we no, lost them to the game. Uh, there's no doubt about that because, as I said, everywhere I go, the most commonly asked question I get since I've been a rugby league administrator is when are you bringing back the Bears? Mm. So, look, they've got to be in the equation there somewhere. They can't be a standalone team in Sydney because there's too many already. But they certainly can be part of a a future team, um, you know, be it the Pacific, be it Perth, be it wherever. Uh, There's an opportunity there for them. It makes sense that that they'd be brought back in some fashion because they've got 200,000 members. They're certainly in the equation. Okay, the chairman of the North Sydney Bears joins us live now on The Breakfast Show. Daniel Dixon, welcome to Summer Breakfast. Morning, guys. How are you? Thanks for having me. Now, you must be excited by that audio. PVL, Talking Bears, uh, bringing them back in the competition. What do you think that would look like? Is this a North Sydney Bears? Is this a Perth Bears? Is this a Papua New Guinea Bears? Where are you at with it? Yeah, look, I, I first want to say uh, yeah, thanks to Phil Rothwell, who did a great job covering that, and obviously Peter for coming out. And giving those uh, Bears, the loyal Bears fans, uh, that hope that they're still there. Uh, we're, we've been in the same position, uh, regardless of where the game wants to take it. I mean, they've spoken about the Pacific, they've spoken about Perth, another team in New Zealand. Um, it really is not up to us. And to be honest, we've been working on the things that we think is core to a successful venture. And that's the pathways, uh, the corporates and the, the financial backing, which is so important. So nothing's really changed for us. It did blindside us out of the blue, by the way, when PVL says that. It's, uh, it's, it's welcome news for the Bears. What would be the expectation of, of North Sydney coming back in, into the NRL in terms of name, colours, jersey, mm. how many games in Sydney? Yeah, it's a good question. We've actually stuck with uh, some not negotiables from day one. Um, now, remember, the not negotiable sounds a bit harsh, but all that means is if you go to bring the heritage of the Bears back, uh, we already took the name of the North Sydney out of the North Sydney Bears logo uh, 18 months ago. And that was well received by the fans. And we told the story of why we're doing that. Uh, very, very important to know that the red and black colours, the logo, the name is not about the North Sydney Bears. And I've actually spoken to Peter Bolandis about this. He loves the concept of not being regionally focused. So the North Sydney Bears, you're just the Bears. Uh, when people go to watch the games now, they go and watch the Storm, the Bulldogs, the Seagulls. They don't necessarily give their geographical location. So 
we, we know that's going to take place. Our members are ready for that. Um, and to be honest, it's a pretty low expectation. We would love to think that, you know, games such as uh, the Bears and the Seagulls at, at North Sydney Ava would be a sellout. Two to four games a year would be outstanding, and I think that's just going to give us a nice little footprint. And it's still connecting through to that uh, the heritage of North Sydney. Four games sounds maybe a little ambitious, but would you have to do upgrades <laughs> to North Sydney Oval if you were going to bring NRL games there? Look, you've got to start high, don't you? <laughs> you <laughs> Aim for the high. stars. Um, yeah, look, and I, I have great conversations with local and also um, state governments regarding this. And the iconic oval of Nelson Oval should not be missed. They are using it as a, the, um, the headline for the women in sport. They've got the, the soccer there. The, they've got the cricket there. Uh, look, I think the government would be all too keen to do some upgrades. It's not a lot to do, but at the same time, they need to do female change rooms, a little bit to grandstands. Outside of that, you know, we're pretty good to go. And I know the government would, uh, would jump on that if that opportunity came up. It seems like the 18th team will be in PNG with no alignment to the Bears. Teams 19-20, you mentioned the, the two possible outcomes, Perth and, uh, you know, Pacifica slash New Zealand, uh, second side in New Zealand. Do you have discussions with those regions or do you, are your discuss, discussions solely with the NRL? Yeah. No, 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 absolutely. I mean, God, we've been speaking to those guys for 18 months, and, and the concept there is, remember, this has to be good for the game, otherwise it's good for nobody. So, absolutely, whether it be Perth, whether it be the Pacific, second team in New Zealand, whatever it may be, um, we've been deep in conversations there, and we've been making sure we stick to what we need to, to do to, to be, you know, if the, if the NRL come knocking, we're going to make sure we're ready for that, and, um, and we feel we are. We've been in great discussions with those guys for a long time. In that interview there, uh, Phil Rothfield spoke about tens of thousands of Bears fans I saw in another article it was quoted 200,000 Bears fans. You guys would have <laughs> yes. internal metrics, I'm sure, around social media, interactions, members. How many Bears fans are out there that would jump on board with the Bears franchise? Yeah, look, Peter said uh, 200,000 members, and I think all the NRL clubs would say, where are they? Uh, it's not 200,000 members. We, we did a study years ago, and there was 220,000 avid Bears fans. And to be honest, that's what Peter's uh, metrics is around fanatical and also tribalism. And uh, you know, we have that in spades. Bears fans didn't leave the game. They still follow us in our Tier 2. Um, but, you know, there's a lot of disenfranchised people when the Bears were out of the comp in 99. And um, I know that they would come back in droves. We have uh, over 55,000 people on our social media following. And, um, you know, very, very good, strong support still. So, yeah, I've got no, con no concerns about that at all. Bears fans have, have been heartbroken before, mate. Why, why does this seem different? Yeah, look, I, I absolutely been heartbroken. Uh, but at the same time, I think we've got to remember that the game took its direction. And whether we liked it or we didn't like it, that's fine. Um, but most importantly, I think now we've, we've been sticking to our guns on our corporate following and all the things we know that we need uh, to create a successful franchise. And we haven't moved from that. But at the same time, the fans have been there the whole time. And we've been communicating with them thoroughly. So this is not a pie in the sky at all. Peter wouldn't come out in media and say that if he didn't feel there was... Uh, and I've spoken to him several times about our structure, about the people backing the Bears and where we're at. Does there become an end point where you guys ever get to reach a stage going, it may just never happen? Well, if they called the 20th time we weren't there, I think you've got to pull the curtains down. Mm, um, but yeah. no, I don't think we'll ever get that hope. We, last year we came uh, runners-up in the New South Wales Cup and minor premiers in both the men's and the women's. Uh, our junior development program's strong and just getting stronger. We're aligned to the storm this year. So we're, we're, as far as anyone goes, we're the, we're the ones who are ready to go. Um, and, and I think when Peter looks at that, not only have we got the history and the heritage, we're still there in that tier two, which is the breeding ground for the NRL. And, and that's why they, they are taking it so seriously.
All right, well, good luck for the bid, uh, Daniel, whether it's the Perth Bears, the New Zealand Bears, the Las Vegas Bears, <laughs> wherever the Bears are. Good well, luck. I'll be in Las Vegas and I will be wearing my Bears shirt. We've got uh, all of our Bears members who are going across to the NRL. We're giving them free Bears shirts in the crowd and uh, we'd very much appreciate Fox Sports doing a zoomer in the ground looking for the Bears shirts. <laughs> there you go. Bears fans in Thanks, Las Vegas. Man. All right, there he is, Daniel Dixon, the chair of the North Sydney Bears. Uh, as we said, the Peter Volandi's Buzz Rothfield interview. It's opened the door back up for the Bears again. Uh, it's Look, we, we hear this story every year. Is it a possibility? Yes. Do I think it'll happen? No, but MC, you're on board. Well, I think, as, as Daniel said, if they get to 20 and the Bears aren't part of it, pull the pin. Done, dusted, it will never happen again. Um, I think, as you alluded to, four games is ambitious. I think the most they can get is one or two games at North Sydney because you don't want to take where, – wherever they go, you can't take too many games away from that fan bases as well. And they do have the benefit of having multiple games in Sydney. So this is how I think it will play out. I think Team 18 will be announced in May, June. Some point this year will be PNG. Did you see the coaches' uh, survey, yeah. survey that yeah, they did? Yeah, yeah. I was no part of it. Yeah. Team. I was part of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. It doesn't matter what they want. Okay. It doesn't. Like, it's provided the. The there's fans a, there's want a, a little, team? There's a little bit of. Oh, is this pure political? It's political. Yeah. 100% political. Politics is for. It's 100% political. If the, the federal government turn around and say, no, no, we're pulling the pin here, we're not tipping in millions and millions of dollars. It's not happening. Well, what if the government changes between now and then? It becomes less of a well. That, that's what I think they've got bipartisan support on it because there's no way they can they do. Uh, there's no way they they can do this unless the money's not put into a uh, a fund or whatever the case may okay. be, where it's untouchable regardless of either side of politics. Because if that does happen and there is a change of government and they pull the pin, well then the NRL is going to lose millions of and dollars. And it's definitely not going to be the Papua New Guinea Bears. I don't think so. Uh, I don't. I don't. I think that will it be the Kumuls? I don't know what they'll be called, but I highly there's been no dialogue with the PNG, and we even heard it then from from Daniel. There's been no real dialogue between the PNG bid and the North Sydney Bears. PNG okay. believe they can stand alone, right. and I think that's what will happen. I think it'll end up being the Pacifica Bears. That's my gut on it. Whereas where we'll have a, a team in New Zealand, second team in New Zealand, and that plays potentially in other parts of the Pacific as well, and a and a link with, with the Bears. Um, Perth have sort of had some conversations with the Jets. Whether or not that ends up happening or not, I'm not sure. But I think 19 will be Perth, 20 will be Pacifica slash New Zealand, and one of those, most likely the Pacifica, will be the Bears. And then we'll get into a stage of conferences and, you know, all these things. Yeah, but and no more Queensland teams. We're done with Queensland teams. Uh, well, P&G will be based in Cairns. So okay. there's an element there of, of being another Queensland side. All right. Uh, heaps of texts. 0457736736 is our text line. Uh, BJC from Blacktown says, The Bears, been there, done that. It didn't work out. Simple. Move on. How many times are they going to get to resurrect a dead club? Uh, a little ambitious. You're a polite man, James. <laughs> One trial. That's it, says Spanky. Uh, morning, boys. If the NRL goes to 20 teams, do you think they'll have a look at a two times 10 team pool system? Yes, yeah. MC does. Play everyone in your pool twice, the other pool once. Each pool has a top four playoff system with a Super Bowl-style grand final. I, don't I know, love that. I haven't sat there and worked out exactly how it would work, but it'll be it'll be divisions of 10. I love that. And Sydney division, then other division, play each other twice, bumper crowds for away. those Sydney games. Yeah, oh, all derbies. I, yeah, they're, they're, I, I think that's the way it will happen. 
All right, a reminder that Bryden's Lawyers, your verdict is back. All you have to do is pick one NRL winner each week for the chance to win $2,500. Head to sensurvivor.com.au. All thanks to Bryden's Lawyers.